All right, so let's um, stand because I, I want to take us into the word. Let's stand. I mean, VIPs, y'all just sat down. We're Catholic today. Stand up again. My bad. This word that I'm getting ready to minister, I've been excited since Thursday, man. Because this message today, we're still in the series. This message today goes to the heart of the vision. The vision of this church is raising up people for their purpose and their calling. Raising up leaders to be who they, how many know everybody's a leader? Everybody's a leader. We just need to develop in it. But God has called you to purpose and today's message plays a major part of that. So I'm so excited when I'm dealing with something that's directly tied to the vision of this church. And when I want your heart open, your heart, I'm going to hit you with some stuff. Your heart needs to be open. So would you um, just lift your hands for a moment and band team, would y'all just play for a minute? And I want you to just worship the Lord, man, in your own way, men and women. Worship is not a feminine thing, it's a spiritual thing. Would you lift your hands and just worship because I want the Holy Spirit to open your heart and your mind this morning on this word. Spirit of God, we honor you in this place. Oh, sense the presence of God, he's in the room. We honor you in this place. We adore you. You're my everything. Tell him that, you're my everything. Oh, I love you, Lord, I love you. Spirit of God, have your way in my life right now. Sit on this chair with me. Talk to me. Give me revelation. I make a demand on the gift so that revelation flows into my life right now. I need this word. I need to be who you called me to be. Spirit of God, we honor you in this room. Men and women of God, honor the Holy Spirit. He's here. We honor you. Online, honor him. He's in your house. We bless you. We adore you. I want you to take 60 seconds and tell the Lord love on him. Love on your heavenly father. Tell him how much you adore him. How much you adore him. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you with my inner being. I love you with everything in me. You're my all in all. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, have your way now. Minister to us. Bring revelation forth, but make it simple. Let this word change lives now. We so need it. We take authority over demonic encroachment. We take authority over anything that would try to distract us now. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. All right, grab your Bible. Let's go to work. I'm working on two, man. Okay, we got some more people trying to get in, I think, so help the ushers out real quick. Hold up if you got a seat near you. Hold up, hold up your hand. Yeah, if y'all can, I mean, if I don't know if, if, I don't know if they can move in. There's a lot of people everywhere. I don't know if you can move in, but all right, let's roll. There's a seat up here too, ushers, just so you know. Um, and there's a seat over there. Hold your hand up one more time for them, please. Just hold your hand up so they can see. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. We're going we're gonna to do a bring your Bible to church Sunday. We're going to do it. So, yeah, Sheila, you're a woman of God. She got her. I know. Anybody got an actual Bible with them right now? Okay. That, all right. All right. All right. Very good. No, that's, that, give me that. That's a, this is a Bible. This, if you don't got a cover, 
You don't have a cover. Give me this one, Brian. This, this, this not a real Bible. Oh, see, look, who got the cover? See, you gotta have a cover. You gotta have a cover. This is old school. You gotta. You, do you know what this Bible has been through? This Bible has pimp slapped the devil several times. You gotta have a cover. <laughs> My spiritual father tells me I'm not a real preacher. He's like, a real preacher's preach with the Bible. I'm like, Dad, it's on my iPad. No, no, you got to feel the pages. Yeah. Amen. But we're going to do it. I, I don't know if we're going to do it in November. We're going to do it. I want to well, really, I really want us, everybody bring a Bible. Yeah. Everybody, if you don't have one, you go get one. Everybody bring, not the on your iPad. We're going to do a back to, we're just going, I'm going to preach from it. Just, yeah, just, you know. Amen. All right, get your, whatever Bible you got, hold it up. <laughs> hold it up. See, look at it. See what modern church, look, hold up your phone. Let me look at all the technology. That's, come on, that's. Yeah, I ain't hating. It's easier. It's convenient. Amen. You don't have to know where, where Habakkuk is. Just hit it. <laughs> I repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. And I can be what it says I can be. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, as the teacher is teaching, hide them in the gift that I might experience revelation, impartation, destiny acceleration and manifestation in my life in jesus name shout amen shout amen again go to romans chapter 7 let's start with our foundational text Ooh, i'm so excited about this message and i really I'm, i really don't want to preach can we just talk today i really want to just talk this through uh, i hope i can do that because i really want to do that romans 7 verse 18 the new living translation to start there paul says this i know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature what i want to do i want to do what is right but i can't i want to do what is good but i don't who knows what he's talking about yeah 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 i don't want to do what's wrong but what happens do it anyway but if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It's sin living in me that does it. I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what's right, I inevitably do what's wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that's at war with my mind. That's the key, with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that's still within me. So we've been using this as our foundational text for this series, Me Versus Me. Me Versus Me. Somebody just gave me a hoodie. They made me a pastor that says, Me Versus Me. I got to wear that, man. Everybody shout, Me Versus Me. Yeah, that, that Paul says there's this battle within me going on to prompt me to sabotage my own life. Your greatest enemy is not the devil, it's you. It's you, and the enemy just tries to mess with you to get you to jack up your life. And Paul says there's this, this battle inside for me to constantly do what I shouldn't do, which will sabotage my life. Now, we gave you a definition for self-sabotage that I want to keep before you, and it's simply this. It's the self-destructive decision-making process where a person's being influenced by what? What is your flesh? Okay, but it's your mind to make choices that are against their own best interests and well-being. We reinforce that the root of self-sabotage 
is your flesh. And if you're new here today, first time, flesh is not your skin. The Bible says in Romans 8 that flesh is a way of thinking that goes against God and his word. Walking in the spirit is a way of thinking that lines up with God and his word. Walking in the flesh is a way of thinking that goes against God and his word. At the root of self-sabotaging your life is your thinking. Everybody shout your thinking. So round one, we're in these rounds because we're in a fight. Round one was self-sabotage. Round one was understanding that no one's above sabotaging their own life. And I dare not say all of us have sabotaged our life in some way. How many can say that's true? All of us have done, how many have done something you know you shouldn't have done? Who knows what it's like to contemplate doing something you shouldn't do and the Holy Ghost is going, don't do that. But your flesh is going, I really want to do it. And the Holy Spirit is saying, come on, don't do that. Who, no, who knows what like to go back and forth. Now, let me see if I got real people. And you give in to your flesh. Amen. Keep your hand up. Look at your neighbor. If their hand is not up, tell them you are lying. <laughs> you lying. Yeah. No, no, no. We, we all, man, we, we all have. We all have, and so round one in this fight that we're in is all about identifying self-sabotage, identifying I have the possibility of sabotaging my life because if you don't, if you're ignorant to it, then you're easily susceptible to it. Well, we want to move into round two today. Everybody say round two. Yeah, oh yeah, round two. Round two is self-actualization. Actualization, that's a hard word to pronounce, actualization, however you want to say it. Everybody say actualization. actualization. Yeah, actualization. They're exactly right. Now, what, so this is round two. Everybody say round two. round two. Now, what is self-actualization? They'll bring it up on the screen. We're just going to talk today. Get this. Self-actualization is about how you become the best version of yourself. How to become the best version of yourself. See, in other words, once we've identified self-sabotage and what we don't want to do, we go, okay, now let me work on how can I not sabotage my life but be the best version of me that God has called me to be. Amen. Now I'm going to hit you with some stuff starting right now so you just got to think. Pastor Aisha already told you, tell your neighbor don't talk. So hopefully don't look at me, don't talk to me, don't tell me nothing because I need you to focus, okay? That leads us to a question and that is simply this. If we're talking about the best version of yourself, what is the best version of you? And how do you know when you've achieved it? That's a good question. What's the best version of you and how do you know when you achieved it? Now watch, one, you can, you can get that answer from society. <laughs> oh God. Everybody say society. society. Say it again, society. society. No. Now, society is a, society's definition of the best version of you is a very shallow definition. Everybody say shallow. Say it again, shallow. Yeah, it's shallow and superficial because society's best version of you is based upon looks, possessions, and social media success. That, that's, that's what it is. That's society's definition of the best version of you or you can get your definition of the best version of you from God's word for your life. Look at your neighbor and say, God's word, God's word, God's word. You can get your definition from God's word. And watch now, if you get your definition 
of the best version of you from God's word, listen carefully, that puts you on the road to fulfillment and destiny. When the best version of you comes from the word of God, that immediately puts you on the road to fulfillment and destiny. Now, anytime you're talking about the best version of you, of what God has called it to be, I need you to get this statement that comes up on the screen, and that is this. The devil will exploit your passion for wanting better, get what's on the screen, by challenging God's right to chart the course for your life by giving you some seemingly good alternatives to do things your way or others' way instead of God's plan for your life, which will lead you to the best version of yourself. Oh, I hope y'all get that. So you got to pay attention. No, no, when you're talking about, I want to be the best that God has called me to be, the best version of me, the devil will exploit that passion by challenging, getting you to try to challenge God's right to chart the best course for you, the course that leads you to the best version of yourself, and he does it by getting you to think that what somebody else says or what you say is better than what God has said. <laughs> but how many know God's way is the best way? Shout that. Say God's way is the best way. I right, go to Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14. Watch this. Proverbs 14. We're going to read from the Passion Translation. Verse 11 says this. Proverbs 14, verse 11. The household of the wicked is soon torn apart, while the family of the righteous flourishes. Somebody shout, that's me. You can, it goes on to say, you can rationalize all you want and justify the path of error you have chosen, but you'll find out in the end that you took the road to destruction. Ooh. Now, please hear me. Everybody and their mama is searching for the best version of themselves. The problem is you can easily look to the wrong people or in the wrong places. Everybody say, wrong people, wrong places. And when you do that, you can easily get deceived that that's the way to go. When you'll never accomplish the best version of you doing that, you will only be the best version of yourself by standing on God's word, by seeing in God's word what he said about who you are. Side note, nobody can tell you who the best version is. I can answer your phone not telling me you're busy right now. <laughs> no, hear me, hear me. Nobody in this room, including me, is qualified to tell you what the best version is because they weren't there when God made you. So for me to give stock to anybody's opinion about what my potential is, is error because you're not qualified to give me that your opinion is not a qualified opinion because you don't know what's inside of me. Okay, so what we want to do today, <laughs> well, y'all see why I'm so, I'm so excited about this. What we want to do today is expose the world's self-accusation definition. We want to expose it so that you will now embrace God's self-accusation journey for your life because his journey for your life will lead you to fulfillment. Go to John 17, John 17. 
Because what we want to look at is the power of sovereign truth. So if we're going to, if we're going to go down God's accusation journey for your life, we've got to look at the power of sovereign truths. The power of sovereign truths. John 17, verse 15 says this, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. This is Jesus talking. But thou should keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. Now let me say something to you, man, that oh, I don't know if uh, you know, you're just going to have to deal with it. You have to determine that God has creator rights over your life. Uh, and because he has creator rights over your life, he has the right to give the direction for you to achieve the best version of you. And that direction is laid out in the word of God. Please hear me. You don't need to buy a book to learn how to be successful for your life. You can just open up your iPad. You can look in the Word because God, hear me, people spend thousands of dollars to have somebody tell them how to be the best version of themselves when you can read it in your Bible. But you have to embrace personally that God, because he has creative rights. What do you mean creative rights? He created you. No, no, you weren't here by accident. Your parents might not have meant to have you, but God purposed you to be born. And because he created me, he has creator rights to lay out for me and dictate for me the best version of you, listen, that I had in mind when I formed you. The Bible says before you were in your mother's womb, God knew you. No, before a heart monitor picked up one blip of your heart, God said, I knew you. Catch this, I'm going down the road. Catch this and watch in the womb before the heart monitor picked you up, all of your purpose was finalized. And in order for you to get to the best birth, I don't care what your family has spoken negative over your life. I don't care what people have said. I don't, you're just like your father. They're right and wrong. I'm not like my natural. I'm just like my heavenly father. And he has, he knows the best version of me. Are you hearing me? And he's laid it out in his word. Somebody say in his word. So watch, if that make, if that, does that make sense? Does that make sense? So if that makes sense, then it would make sense why the enemy doesn't want you to embrace the word. Go to Isaiah, or Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40, real quick. Isaiah 40, verse 8. Watch this now. New Living Translation. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. <laughs> No, God says in another verse, chapter, he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will stand forever. No, God says before I let my word not come to pass, I'll stop being God. Amen. So we got to embrace his word as truth 
for our life. Go to Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4, starting at verse 20. Go there quickly. Now, you know, when we bring the Bibles and we got to flip to the page, you're going to have to practice. Because we can't wait for you. We can't wait, you know. So, you know, it's, you're going to depend on the screen. You got to just act like you're flipping. And I'm going to go, when you have it, say amen. We're going to be in Proverbs. You're going to be in Joshua. Amen. I got it. Long as the screen's working. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Are you there? New Living Translation. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Tell your neighbor the word is true. Go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Matthew 4, verse 4, it says this, but he answered and said, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. How many know his word is more important than food? So watch, the word has to be truth for my life, and I have to be committed that this word is the final answer for my life. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to jump ahead. No, it don't matter what anybody else says. Well, I, I, I just don't know if I believe the Bible. Fine, that's you. But as for me in my house, I'm going to I'm stand on the word. I'm a, well, I, how do we know the word wasn't with by a white man trying to black people down? Listen, you believe what you want to believe. I've come too far now. Uh, listen, maybe that would have worked 12 years ago, but I know too much now. He's, he's shown himself to me to be too true now. Your life is not coincidental. There's no way you've gotten to this place in your life by luck, chance. The Bible says your footsteps are ordered by the Lord. And hear me, I should have died multiple times and God spared my life and I shouldn't have come out of stuff. I should, I should be dead by now. I should be in a mental institution not knowing my name right now. No, no, no. You believe what you want. But this word is truth for my life. This word is the final answer for my life. Shout, the word is the answer. How many of you say the word is the answer? The word, wave, the word is the answer for your life. Okay, now the reason why that's so important is because of the presence, they'll bring this on the screen, the presence of erroneous truth of society. Whew, the presence of erroneous truth. How many know there's a whole lot of erroneous truth in society? Now watch this, how many of you can say that's true? No, no, how many know a whole lot of society is hoodwinked? bamboozled, I mean a whole bunch. But now watch, I need you to get this. Error is truth to those who believe it. No, 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 no. If, hear me, if you believe error, it's truth to you. Now, hear me, no, no, oh God, no. Now, hear me, hear me. Oh, I gotta, I gotta pause for a second, hear me. I hear me, because we gotta work on something. Because this, I need to give you a heads up on something that I'm seeing, and I've been seeing it for quite some time. Let me just pass through for a second. Societal error can always be proven wrong when it's measured by the Word of God. Are y'all listening to me? Tell your neighbor, it matters where you go to church. It matters. No, no. Societal error can always 
be proved wrong and judged as error when it's measured by the word of God. What is happening, I need you to listen to me because some of you go to other churches and visit or conferences. I need you to be mindful of this when you go. People come up sometimes and say, can I go visit someone? You don't need to ask me. Go do what you want to do. Why are you asking me? But when you go, I need you to be mindful of something because what's happening, and it's coming down from some of the larger churches. If I called one person's name, many of you would know, some of you wouldn't know. And um, I, I, man, I, I was so grieved, but then I saw a pattern because smaller churches that are influenced by larger churches will follow the pattern that they see. The minute someone they're influenced by a preacher starts doing something, every, a lot of other people start doing it too. Now watch, so what's happening, and you go watch on TV or whatever, it's streaming, you'll see. What's happening, a lot of preachers are starting to put a screen on the stage and they'll bring up scripture but never teach from it. So they'll talk about the Bible but never teach from the Bible. Now, this is important. There's a reason for this. There's a reason. Because the average believer doesn't study their word. No, no. Every preacher knows that. The average believer, even in this church, as much as we tell you, the Bible says study to show yourself approved. A workman not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We tell you to study all the time. Study, study. But if you're honest, the average believer doesn't study. They're on Facebook and every other book except his book. They don't study. And most times what some of you are doing is you're just taking what I say and you're never studying what he said to make sure that what I'm saying he said. Why would you give me that much influence in your life? Don't trust anybody, including me. Don't trust anybody, including me, that much. What I tell you, you need to go study it, track it out. Is it true? Now, you know if I'm saying that, you know I know what I'm saying. I'm going to give you truth. Watch. That's why I want you to go look at it because I'm giving you truth. But don't take my word for it. Because this is the deal. Because preachers know that the average believer doesn't study, they know you don't know whether I'm telling the truth or not. So watch, because preachers know that. Man, I'm gonna make some preachers mad, I don't care. Because they know that, then if we're not teaching from the Bible, we eradicate the standard of the Bible. And now there is no measurement of right or wrong. And we can now say this is right based upon the word because we never show you in the word. We just say this is based upon the word. And therefore now the standard keeps changing to what's acceptable in society. So what used to be right is now wrong. What used to be wrong is now right. But the Bible, the Bible, God says I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I change nothing. And so any church that all they do is jump, shout, dance, and run, any church that does not take you in the word and teach you the word is dangerous, is manipulative, and will influence you to embrace error. Well, I need to be moved in my emotions. That's your problem. Because faith is not emotional. 
Nothing wrong with jumping, shouting, dancing, but at some point, I gotta have this word because, watch, I gotta do this word even when I don't feel like it. Okay, 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 okay. Watch now, watch, watch. Get this next statement, get this next statement. Get this, are y'all getting this today? Y'all see why I was so excited about this man? Karen, you got it, I know you're dealing prophetic. Like, just hold it, Karen, just hold it. Get this next statement, cause this is, this is important. The metric that you use to define what is the best version of yourself will affect your pursuit and outcome in life. God, I need y'all to get that. Leave that up for me, please. The metric you use to deter, define the best version of you is going to affect your pursuit and outcome in life. Now, hear me. If you start using any other metric outside of the word of God, hear me, you will no longer be on the path to fulfillment and destiny. You will now be on the path, listen to me, for fulfillment decoys. You will never find fulfillment in anything outside of God. And that is all about you becoming what he purposed you to become. No, let me, let me, let me make sure you understand. You can be born again and not fulfilled. You can come to this church every Sunday for the next 400 years and never be fulfilled because you weren't born to sit in church. Church is to help you become who you're called to be. You will only be fulfilled when you are doing what God has purposed you to do. Oh, this is so good today, Jesus! No, no, no. And a whole bunch of believers are chasing fulfillment decoys. They come to church, they shout, dance, and run, and they think that is the pinnacle of being born again, and they go home depressed because shouting will never fulfill you. It's cool. We have fun. You know, shouting's good. I have no rhythm. I wish I have no rhythm, you know, and all that. So shouting's just not wrong, but it cannot be the main reason I come to church. It can't be the main reason. There's a whole lot of churches, man. They come for the praise and worship. They come to shout and dance and run. And when the word comes, they start looking on their phone and doing other stuff because I'm not there for the word. I'm there to shout, dance, and run. I practice at home my shout. I get in the mirror and I practice my shout. And man, and I practice it because when I go to church, I'm ready. And most people shouting, it's all flesh. Go to Colossians chapter 2. So shouting's not wrong. No, it's not. No, man. No, 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 it's not wrong. It's, it's, it's good. It's not wrong, but it's not the main thing. Colossians chapter 2. Now, you know I'm right if Sharon's saying, come on, because she's a church woman. She's a churchman. Sharon, Sharon's a churchman. You know, I'm, you know I'm right. She's a churchman. Sharon can shout. She likes to shout. She can shout. But how many know she wouldn't be who she is if she was mainly worried about shouting? Colossians chapter 2. Watch this real quick. Colossians 2. Are you there? Oh, man, I get to preach this again one more time today. I'm so happy. Colossians 2, verse 8. Look at this. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Now watch. God, Jesus. 
when did you get the idea that the best version of you is found on social media? No, no. But when did you get, when did you embrace that something, what people don't understand, social media, most of it is polished, brushed, and filtered. For you to embrace something that doesn't even exist. So you're trying to be the best version of error. Of a facade. Because on social media, they're telling you they got it going on, but they can't pay their bills. Because they bought printed money and they spread it out and make you think that that's their life and they can't even pay their bills. And you trying to be something where somebody went to an Airbnb, they rented it, they rented a car, they're sitting in front of a car talking about this is my crib. Guess your crib for the next three days. No, you, you caught up in a facade. You're trying to be the best version of a facade. Because of societal error. No, hear me, hear me. Bring up my next statement. Bring up my next statement. The best version of you, get this, is what God has planned for your life and anything else is a decoy to keep you from God's best. Huh? No, no, hear me, hear me. What I'm doing here with y'all, this is not what I had planned for my life. This was not, what did I just say? Now, the people that have been here a while, what did I want to do? And what else? Football play. Lawyer and football play. Five, six and a half. <laughs> no. That's that man and an attorney. Man, yo, man, where's the attorneys in here? Any attorneys? Any attorneys in here? Wave at me, any attorneys? See, that's why I needed to be one. There's no attorneys in here. <laughs> I'd have been good at it, man. No, no, I went to a summer law program, thrived. Thrived, thousands got interviewed, only, two, only I don't know if it's 50 or 60 people got in. I got in, I graduated that program second or third in the class, it came easy. It came, the law was easy had to argue two actual cases in front of lawyers and judges and won both of them. Easy. That's what I wanted to do. Just because you're good at something doesn't mean it's God's will for your life. And watch, even though you might be good at something, if it's not God's will, you won't be fulfilled. Bring up that statement one more time, please. Can y'all bring it back up for a second? Can y'all bring my statement up? Because I need y'all to get that again. Can y'all, can y'all bring, there you go. The best, but sh let's read that together. Can y'all read that together? Read like Church of God in Christ. Ready? Read. No, stop. I want you to read, my bad. I want you to read the best version of me. Make it personal. Ready? Go. The best Now I want you to look at somebody and read it and say it, say for, for them or for you. Talk to them. Ready? Read it. Tell them. The best 
anything else, anything else, anything else is a decoy. Anything else is a decoy. Anything else is a decoy to keep you from God's best. And hear me, I don't know about y'all, I want God's very best for my life. I want his very best for my life. And watch when, hear me, oh, I heard something, I gotta close. Watch, when you, when you walk in God's best for your life, it impacts generationally. Your kids see you do it. Your grandkids see you do it. Your great-grandkids see you do it. And you set this perpetual explosion of a lineage of people walking in God's very best for their life. In God's best is provision. In God's best is grace. In God's best is healing. In God's best is prosperity. In God's best is overcoming. In God's best is bobbing and weaving. In God's best is exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think. I don't got no time for decoys. Nor do I got time to try to, to impress you. Because sometimes, I, I'm done, sometimes God's best initially looks like you get the short end of the stick. But the short end is to teach you gratitude. And to put in proper perspective that things are not as important as him because you should be able to have things and they don't take you away from God. Now I gotta close, but I need you to tune in Wednesday night. I really wanna bring y'all together, man, I really do. I need you to tune in Wednesday night because we're gonna look at competing influences for your attention. Now, all of this is a setup for New Year's Eve. I'm telling you, it's all a setup for New Year's Eve. It is, but I need to make you aware of competing influences for your attention so you don't let your attention go places it doesn't need to go. I'm out of time, y'all. We got to stop right now. Amen. Amen. Heads about quickly. Ooh, this was a good word today. Lord have mercy. Y'all see why I was just excited? I was carrying this, man. And I need y'all to pray for me because I, I want to be able to deliver it the way I need to next service. Heads are bowed real quick. Nobody moving unless you have to. If you have to, I'm not trying to put you in bondage, but this is an important part right now. So please don't move unless you absolutely have to. If you're in this room right now, you're online right now, and you're not born again, everything you heard today can't be activated till you come into the kingdom. God loves you so much. He carved out this moment in time just for you. Because if you're here and you're not born again, God knew you'd be right here today, whether you're here or online. And he carved out this date and kept you alive this long for this moment. So I want to pray a prayer for anybody that's in this room that says, I'm not saved, but I want to be. I've never given my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. I've never received his free gifts of salvation and righteousness. That's what being born again is. You just receive what he did for you. He died for you and me, shed his blood for us. He went to hell instead of us. 
rose again for us. That's all it is. It's believing what he did and receiving it. Nothing more, nothing less. But when you make that decision to receive what he did, God now writes your name in the Lamb's book of life and you give God a right now to walk with you. God won't walk with you unless you give him permission. And so if that's you today, man, it'd be my privilege and honor to pray for you to lead you in or back in because maybe you were living for God, but you left him. He never left you, but you left him. You went astray. Well, God simply waits for you to come home. He doesn't judge you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. He just waits for you to come home. And so if that's you, man, I'd be honored to pray for you to lead you back into the kingdom of God. And so if that's you, you're not born again, man, but you want to be right now. Or you're a backslider and you didn't know how to get back. You come to church, but your heart's away from him. You come back the same way you left and just make a decision. So I want to pray a simple prayer. And if you're in this room and you want to be included in this prayer of salvation or rededication, Bishop, would you include me? Because I want to get saved today. I want to give my heart to the Lord today. Would you include me? Because I want to rededicate my life. If that's you and you want to be included in this prayer, hands are already going up. Hold your hand up right now. Hold your hand up high. I see your hand going up. 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 That's good. That's good. I see your hand going up. That's good. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray a prayer. If you lifted your hand, don't lift it up again. But man, every time I sense this, I, I'll say it then. I believe there's other people in here that you're nervous or you're scared to lift your hand up. Maybe you're focused on what you've done, what you haven't done. And I'm telling you, none of that matters. None of that's really important. Religion might have told you that, but relationship with God, none of that matters. God loves you. And so I'm, I'm going to ask if there's anybody else in a minute, but here's the additional question on the table. If today was your last day on the planet, today, and then the next couple of hours you were getting ready to take your last breath, can you say you're 100% positive that you're ready to meet the Lord? Can you say that when you meet him face to face, you're ready to confront him and face him? So if you didn't lift your hand, but you do want to give your heart to the Lord, you do want to rededicate, you want to be sure that when your last breath happens, you're ready to meet God. If that's you as well, hold your hand up right now too. Hold it up high. I'll see it. God will see it. Hold it up high. I, I see your hand. That's what's up. Very good. I see your hand. That's what's up. Very good. You can put your hands down. People go, Bishop, why do you do that? Because sometimes the Holy Spirit prompts me and I'll only do it when he says so and there's maybe somebody else. God loves people that much. He'll take time. So we're going to pray a prayer. If you lifted your hand, I want you to repeat after us. Who's us? Me and the posse of victory. We've all said the same prayer you're saying in principle. We're going to say it right now because we want you to know you're not by yourself. Online, if you want to give your heart to the Lord, man, whether you're watching right now, whether you're watching post live, it doesn't matter. You say the prayer right where you are. Put something in the chat so we know of your decision. Repeat this prayer. Say, Dear Jesus, today I give you my life and I receive your free gifts of salvation and righteousness. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me, shedding your blood for me, going to hell for me, and rising again, all for me. Today, of my own free will, I receive you, and I thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. That's what's up.